0: Okay. I, uh,
1: I, I wanted to say something really quick because I, I wanted to call it out because I thought it was really interesting. And I feel like I've used this before myself. So I'm, I'm glad that, that we have a parallel thinking here. But caricatures, I think that a lot animators could learn a lot from caricature artists because they're kind of doing the same thing that animators need to do when they're trying to stylize animation. Like you were kind of describing it like a characterization, like, OK, good. So these are my moments. These are my poses. How can I make that pose more? that pose how do i make that anticipation mm-hmm. read even more clearly and make it bigger and basically like character artists are doing the same thing they're looking at features on a face making noses smaller making noses bigger eyes closer together further apart these are all just exaggerations of truth that lives sort of right in front of them and uh i, I don't know i just i really wanted to call it out because i think it's a really good way to describe stylization filtering um and uh, and sort of how to apply it you know it's Very funny cool. you remind
2: me of a. Uh, advice I got early in my career from an animator at Blue Sky that's just it's stuck with me and because like they're push style so your natural inclination is to push your poses when you exaggerate you exaggerate your motion you exaggerate your poses and they brought up the point to go like you know look at it reframe the way you're looking at this instead of exaggerating motion exaggerate emotion Mm. so focus on the internal and let that bubble out into the surface so like if somebody's the example they gave at the time is like if somebody's sad too sad, more sad than they've ever been in their life, how would that make them feel? Are they just like sinking and melting into themselves? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, if so, then like pose that. Don't just pose like a bigger frown and bigger brows, like pose mm-hmm. what the internal emotion is and exaggerate that. Interesting. And so I think I think that was a big help for me and understanding what exaggeration could mean beyond just mm-hmm. a bigger version of the same pose.
1: Sometimes it could be smaller, right? Exaggeration doesn't have to be bigger. It sometimes could be taking something that's small and make it even smaller, right? Exaggeration goes both mm-hmm. ways, theoretically. Absolutely. I think a lot of people yeah, forget so that. Think... Everything looks so big all the time.
2: Yeah, totally. It's exaggerating whatever the emotion is, or whatever the caricature you're trying to get across. Which,
0: yeah, sometimes that's less is more.
1: <laughs> sometimes.
0: So, so you've mentioned that you you've mentioned leave that you know at bosca it was definitely more push so how do you get from an idea or a, uh, a even a a reference or performance and you push it visually to something that's going to be super dynamic uh, dreamworks was a little bit more on the side of let's go get the essence of of the the performance and sometimes the little facial subtlety and all that. Is that um is there something at disney that you can recognize that you, that you had to work on more or some advice that you got there or anything at your time at Disney that made you evolve in a slightly different um, uh, direction as, a, as an animator? Yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, I think 2D graphic appeal is a big one because I mean, like, well, yes, I've been doing it theoretically my whole career. There's a different mm-hmm. emphasis on it at Disney. You know, there's a huge emphasis on um, line breaks and shapes like the way you would think of it as a drawing, like where there's angle changes, you know, in different places and maintaining those and not losing those and letting the architecture of the architecture of the face live in poses, um, learning where the 3d cheats are, you know, where like in 2d, even if I'm talking to you full frontal, the drawing might be a little bit three quarter, you know, cause it's just mm-hmm. more appealing to have that three quarter, you know, having those like, it like you know there's usually like a swoop in here and then an out like having those subtle line breaks being mindful of those um i think stylistically in a broader time especially from coming from dreamworks where it was all about on the films i was on nuance and, and intentional imperfections and those kind of things figuring out you know how can i simplify without losing the essence of what it is mm-hmm. you know and it's like you know, more graphic posing, more, more graphic shape language, but not as pushed as what Blue Sky was doing. It lives more in a truth naturalism, but it's a much more, um, how would you draw this? It's just across the board. So, you know, having some background in drawing, but I wouldn't call myself the most incredible 2D draftsman ever. I mean, David, we've worked with some very incredible ones over the years.
0: Yeah, You know,
2: it's it's a fun learning experience, you know, and so, I'm really in, enjoying that at the moment of like, how can I push that appeal? It, it all lives in the appeal Appeal and like uh, using the definition of appeal being the way things relate to each other, you know, within the, yeah. within a face, within a body pose and just pushing those ideas. Um, Cause that's where the growth has been for me and where the fun has been really for the last few shows.
0: Yeah. It seemed that we're really at Disney since the, and it feels that, Tangled was a, you know, a, a, a turning point uh, where you really feel that, you know, the Glen Keane that is redrawing on so many of those poses and you can feel, I mean, Bolt was already a step in the right direction, but Tangled was just like, okay, now appeal is just screaming uh, Mm. uh, out of the screen uh, all of a sudden. And it feels that, you know, since then, they never look back. I mean, some some movie might have different style a little bit. But this idea of visual appeal in the the posing and in the expression and the performance, all that just stayed uh, for forever. uh,
2: Yeah, I I feel like I feel like the 2D is just ingrained into the DNA of the studio. Mm -hmm. you know and so i think and you know we've got some of the old 2d disney legends still there and then there's lots of like newer artists who have 2d backgrounds also so there's just a love of 2d and even if it's not just the actual act of 2d but just the approach to 2d so like even you know if i was going to draw something and i was going to have in-betweens in it like what is a realistic amount of in-betweens you would have if you were drawing this as a pencil versus if you were drawing it or if you were using a computer that has infinite amount of ease in that you can do that quarter pixel width you know it's like is that where you want to spend your frames you know it's, it's i start mm-hmm. thinking about things more graphically as if you were drawing it which i it you know i know there were people at dreamworks who did that mm-hmm. you know there was people who come from 2d who even called their poses drawings. you know and i just was never one of those people <laughs> so it's like it's been it's my evolution as an artist i guess
0: yeah yeah, go ahead, Brett. Uh, I was just
1: gonna. I was. I was gonna change topics. So if you have a follow up question, then you should go. Uh, go for it, David. I was gonna talk about riot.
0: Um, yeah, no. For, for for me, it's just this. Uh, I was wondering because during this time with uh, Tangled, and, and you know, back the there had been a change of leadership back then. That you had the you know Jenna uh, Setter and head Catmull <laughs> that that uh, arrived and kind of helped to restructure a little bit the the animation uh, studio there. Is, is there since you've been at, at Disney? Was there any uh, you know, stories or anything uh, discuss about this uh, transition? Because Disney did a couple like okay movies and then uh, very rapidly after Tangle was just like hit after hit after hits. Or is there some that lived this transition that kind of spoke about it, I mean, you it?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have
0: a lot of knowledge on that time. Like when I came was actually
2: when the transition of Lassiter leaving. Um, and... Mm and Jennifer Lee coming in. So I don't really have a lot of history. I do, I mean, I heard secondhand, so take it with a grain of salt, that just, you know, a lot was riding on Tangle being successful for the studio. Like if not, then, you know, the studio may not be what it is today, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, I know there was a lot of pressure on that film. And I think they definitely, from what I hear, had a lot of um, a big education on appeal from Glenn Keane in particular, like doing drawovers on most of the people's shots. and. I feel like the impression I get as an outsider looking in within the department, I feel like that's where a lot of the growth happens for a lot of the team that's still here from that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I, I don't, I can't really speak to it. I just don't know.
1: Brent, go on. I wanted to pivot a little bit because we're the, the time is vanishing um, as it usually does on these these calls. Um,